Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. I'm Scarlett Fu. And I'm Mike Lynch. Coming up today, we are speaking with Karsten Curl, founder and CEO of Sport Radar, the world's largest sports tech company that provides real-time sports data across several leagues to broadcasters and sports books. Karsten joins us from Switzerland. I think this is the farthest we've ever had anybody <laughs> come on from the show. Karsten, welcome <laughs> to the show, sir. Wow, Michael, welcome. What an introduction. <laughs> nice to meet you guys, and um, happy to be on the show. Thank you. So I, I got to, how this whole thing started, it was founded by you more than 20 years ago. You had $150,000 in your hand and a dream, and I guess it turned out okay. <laughs> <laughs> It was 150,000 euros, to be precise, but <laughs> you're right, the dream was there, two partners in Norway. We started with a company with three person and as a very small tech startup there in Trondheim. And uh, I traveled to Norway, and at this time I, I, I had a pretty successful business before, and um, I decided uh, after exiting this that I should take a couple of months off. So on the very beginning, when we started that, I was even not present. I was traveling in Australia with a bus camper through the complete continent. And you can envision it in this way. I was standing on Isles Rock, not precisely on Isles Rock, because you should not stand as a tourist on these holy mountains. <laughs> but I was standing on a good spot where I had um, a nice signal. And then I gave them some scribbles and drafts, how I think um, a customized user interface should look like. And that was our starting point of the business. And it's been an incredible run since then. Right now, you generate 1.2 billion live data points per year, which I'm sure was unthinkable when you were standing there with 150,000 euros and your other partners. What, if, if you could summarize for us, what specific problem were you looking to solve when you came up with this idea? At this time, Scarlett, I exited the business uh, which did um, sports betting over the internet, fully digital. The vision there was uh, to be the biggest uh, sports betting company, digital. And uh, we reached this long after I left the business. It was called BWIN. So I had a good understanding how sports betting digital should work, how much information and data you need for this. And how do you match the two things together that you can get probabilities in pricing and understand the sport? So that was the starting point. And from there, many things have developed. Of course, we saw very quickly that there is a need to validate results. It's not so easy to have results for 60 different sports. Not speaking about life. At this time, it was all pre-match. And, um, and so it's, it, it went then step by step going deeper into this understanding that um, player performance is important, understanding that live data is important. Uh, on the very beginning, we had no idea how detailed that gets. 
Hey, Carson, it's uh, Mike Lynch up in Boston. Um, I couldn't help but notice your uh, revenues from last year up 39%. But what's, st what's staggering is that in the United States, up over 90%. Do you, did you hit the wave of legalized sports betting at the right time in the United States? Look, my personal story about this is I, I got interested in the market in the U.S., uh, in 2014. And when I'm interested, I'm always trying to understand it as deep as possible. So I decided to move myself um, to New York City. I rented there with the family an apartment um, down on the River 57 West. And, um, and I began to study the passion from U.S. sport fans on the sport and what is different to what I know in Europe or in Asia. And it was a pretty amazing time. So whenever I went to our office in Fifth Avenue, close to Central Station, I passed most of the time Times Square. And I saw all these billboards, which I thought it's only there for the share prices and for the stock market. But it's not. If you go there, you will see a lot of sport information. And that was when the market catched me, where I'm saying, wow, this is for somebody like me who loves sport, who loves data, who loves that expression, and who loves to be deeply engaged into it. Um, that is the market where I want to grow and where I want to get bigger. And of course, in 2014, nobody has talked about sports betting, but we had a knowledge that a lot of wages are done abroad, um, more than 20 million American citizens at this time, I recall. And uh, it was very clear, it's a question of time, um, that um, this market needs to be regulated because that's the only way how you can protect players, how you can protect underage gaming, how you can play responsible. So um, in 2014, we laid the foundation and my passion for the U.S. sports and, uh, and then form followed function and we, we, had, um, we had the regulation kicking off much quicker than many people has, uh, had anticipated. But for us, the journey started in 2014. You had a chance to ring the opening bell when you were here in the New York area alongside investors Todd Boley and Michael Jordan. Now, we're not talking about the Michael Jordan that I knew back in my childhood playing dodgeball. This is the <laughs> Michael Jordan. You got a big name here. What does that mean when you have an investor like that uh, for your business? I, I have a small story about this ringing the bell, Michael. Um, when I was standing there with, um, well, Michael Jordan is the legend, the best ever basketball player on this planet. And, of course, all eyes are our Michael when he is entering a room. And we had been standing there on the bell, and they counted down. And I know Michael as the most competitive person on earth I ever met. He wanted to win everything. And I looked at him and said, Michael, I'm quicker on the bell than you. Ooh. And he smiled at me, Carlton, don't you think so? But I was quicker. If you look on the video, I, I smashed it. So that was, uh, that was a very funny moment. But um, of course, it's, um, it's the dream of a tech entrepreneur that uh, you have such an opportunity. I had a lot of luck to make this happen. And I had a sensational team and partners around this. And Michael is one of them. Um, and I can't thank them too much that, um, that they helped me, that we could do this unique moment in time for a company. If you said double or nothing, don't take the bet. Just win and <laughs> take what you can get. You know, that's in my working contract. I can't do that. So. <laughs> that's not possible. I wonder if someone like Michael Jordan was able to share 
what kind of insight he um, derives from the data points that Sport Radar generates. How does he use that data, and how does he incorporate it into his thinking and into his analysis of the situation, and how might users, in, at the end of the day, be able to take that data and turn it into something actionable? Mm-hmm. Look, Michael is, is pretty unique. He played that match on in a different dimension, and um, I think that's one of the problems. If you are if you if you are so outstanding, you're seeing many things with with your own eyes, and uh, that's not based on data points. That's based on a knowledge which you have uh, because you played that sport in 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 a separate league. So that's how I would classify Michael. And um, it's not so much about the data. He's seeing things in the match which even data can't uh, put out at the moment. Maybe in the future we mm-hmm. can do this. But there are a lot of things to be learned from him, uh, how he's viewing a match. And uh, that's something, that's one of the reasons why we said we want to have Michael closer connected to the company. And as you know, we want to create an advisory board around this. We also want to look to other legends in sport, which have this outstanding profile and knowledge about their sport. I think it's very beneficial for a company like SportRadar. Besides of this, um, competitiveness is something which, um, which I love. I love sport and I love technology, and I'm promoting this in the company and saying we want to be outstanding. We want to be super competitive, but we want to look to sport on this and saying it all should be with fair rules. Um, it should be a level playing field, but of course we want to win that game. That's the second thing which I think you can learn from such heroes. If I'm looking now to the data points, there is an observation, if I'm looking specifically to the U.S., Mm -hmm. um, it's getting more and more player-related data. And the volume is getting every year exponential higher. We think that um, computer vision is the key technology for this. So we need fast video signals. We need it from different camera angles. And then you can extract a lot of additional data points. And then you need to decide what do you want to do out of these data points. We want to use them for predictive models in sports betting. We we want to understand how a single player can, with his performance, influence the outcome of a match. We want to simulate how does that happen when there is a different lineup, when you're playing against uh, different teams, and what what is the strength, what is the weakness for this. So it goes far beyond the coverage which is now there, And then it gets into the entertainment space, so getting that fan engagement and somehow showing with the data points and the visualization why the match is now very special and why this player is very special, why this player, for example, is now the superhero of this match and underline it with data and then giving the betting opportunity. This is where this all is heading to. And of course, we're speaking a lot about visualizations, metaverse, how do you map this in? But you will feel in the future, sports betting is a part of the game because of these things you marry, this kind of fan engagement, the deep passion for data with betting opportunity. And it will feel natural with the visualization. That's the vision which we see. Carson, what gets more activity, pre-game betting or in-game betting? <laughs> That's crystal clear. It's in-game betting. So the worldwide market is, uh, yeah, it depends a bit on the country and the region. But let's say 80% is a fair assumption is the volume from handling in-play betting. So worldwide, 80% of all wages are done in-game. And in the U.S., 
at the moment a bit depending on the sport. So basketball is a better life betting sport than, for example, American football. It has to do with the speed of the sport. But um, at the moment, we see 70% in average is pre-match betting and only 30% is live betting. No doubt that this trend will turn upside down. It's only the question, how quickly does this happen? And uh, we think it happens a little bit quicker than many analysts are thinking because it's so much more fun and so much more engagement when you watch a match, when you have that moment of passion, when you feel something can happen here and there. That's life. And that is the moment when you are impulsive, want to wager some money on, on your opinion about this. So without any doubt, um, the trend is that pre-match betting goes down and we're shifting into live betting. So here I am, Joe Blobar, and I want this information because I want to win when I make this bet. And then I see the words enterprise level, <laughs> which means I can't really get out and get it yet. But is this something down the road that you're looking at? So a guy like me, uh, I don't have to go through Benny the Bookie anymore? Of course. Look, um, that's, um, that's, what we, that's the mission um, which we want to fulfill together with our partners in sport. Um, we have two um, sensational leagues of, as partners, the NBA and the NHL. Both have that deep passion for making the sport more digital, transporting this information closer to the fan. With both of them, we've informed, uh, we formed product teams, and we are working on fulfilling that mission. So we want to tell this story. We want to enrich it with data, and we want to give it to the sport fan. And uh, yes, sport has the interest that the next generation is, is getting engaged, that there are fans for the NHL and for the NBA. So it fulfills exactly this. So you will get it in the future. I can promise it to you. Yay. Thank you. Speaking of the future, uh, Carson, which sport do you think has the longest legs in terms of really captivating a, a younger generation? We've been talking a lot this week about baseball and how it's struggling to capture the younger audience because the games are long and it's expensive and it's mm -hmm. ruled by tradition and rules. I wonder if there is any sport that you see that's really, you know, ready to take off. The NFL obviously is king in, in every way in the U.S. market. But, you know, is there a, a smaller, lower profile sport that that has some pretty incredible growth prospects? Oh, there are in incredible sports um, and, and, and some of them. If you speak specifically about young players, um, uh, what, I, what I see um, in Asia is definitely cricket. Cricket is huge. It's huge in India. It's huge in, in many Asian countries. And, uh, of course, it's also big in Australia, but it's a small continent or there is not much population there. But, but for betting as well, Karsten, as, is that the case when it comes to betting? Too? <laughs> it's a sensational betting sport. This sport mm. is played for five days. One match is played for five days. So you have five days in running betting opportunities and uh, that's the best what you can get from this perspective. I think the NBA is doing very well with, um, with um, the passion for the sport and addressing it to young sport fans and to young players. That's what we see around the globe. That's very important for us to partner with uh, a league which is really global and uh, and we see a lot of drive here. But there are sports on the horizon which are super, super interesting for us, 
eSport is, is such a sample. Whatever yes. is getting in, in the eSport environment closer to the sport is something where we want to be in. So um, EA Sport is something super interesting. FIFA 2020 is super interesting. Also some tennis games. Um, but, um, but if you ask me about the young generation, those are the things. And if you want to have something which is at the moment not on the radar screen of many people, I would say paddle, uh, like we call it in Europe, or pickleball, like you call it in the U.S., is something super interesting for the younger generation. Pickleball, did you say? Yes. Have you heard of this, um, Lynchy? Oh, oh, it's 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 the rage. It's, it's the it's rage. The rage. It is yes. the rage. It's a fun sport that combines many elements of tennis, badminton, and ping pong. Thank you to usapickleball.org. I'm looking out my window right now when people are playing pickleball. As, as doing yeah, you guys, you guys, you're getting now some education about it. It's really picking up, and you spoke about young generation. That's exactly uh, what happens here, and um, and I think there's a huge potential in there. We are looking to all those trends, um, and of course, we try to be early adopters. We try to understand it. We try to understand the need of sport for data points, and of course, also how can we promote it in the media space? How can we promote it in the betting space? That's our job. And right now, snapshot that looks good. So there is a lot of interest from the young crowd around it. Okay, let me just interrupt for a second because now I'm looking at pickleball, and apparently Gary Vaynerchuk has bought into an expanding professional pickleball league. There's an Atlanta Journal-Constitution article that says pickleball gives Metro Atlanta older adults activity and socialization. So there you go. It's it's the new hot growing sport. Scarlett, if I'm next time over in New York, we should play a round of pickleball. Yes, so we should you, totally you will do like that. It. You really will like it. Yeah, I heard it's a dilly of a sport. <laughs> Stop me. Okay. I'm a dad. What am I going to say? <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Carson, I have to ask you this. Is, is Sport Radar still doing business in Russia? We are still doing business. Um, we, we feel for all the people there, it's, a, it's, it's heartbreaking. And I'm in Europe, and that's very close. I was flying to our office in Warsaw, to Tallinn. Uh, the office is bordering this area, trying to understand people, learn from it, and learning what we can do. And what we're doing is, first we donated a million dollars, half a million from myself, and we created help for the Red Cross, we created help which we give to the UNICEF, and we created an emergency relief fund um, for our employees and their relatives. So we made it now very easy. Many of our employees have relatives or family in the Ukraine. So this fund is there for emergency help on it. We, of course, we are ready to double down here and provide emergency help from our company perspective. We stopped to onboard new business in Russia. There's a complete stop for any investment related to this. And that's something I think we did significant more than many other companies in the space. It's a heartbreaking situation, like I told you, but that's the measurement a responsible company should do. Now, speaking of employees, you have more than 2,300 full-time employees across 19 countries all around the world. When you started out, did you imagine you're going to have that many employees in the beginning? How many did you start out with? And outside of you, how many did you have to start out with? <laughs> uh, two partners. I started this with two partners from Norway. Uh, they both left the business since a long time. Mm -hmm. But um, no, it was never planned in the way that we are getting over 3,000. And that's, for me, uh, with the IPO, it's a new beginning. 
And, um, and it's a new chapter which we are opening up. And uh, what I see is a lot of passion from my team and from everybody who joins newly the team. So that's the beginning of the journey for me. And uh, it's a milestone which we have there. But to answer your question, of course, I never thought about getting 3,000 employees or 4,000 and probably never think we get six or 7,000. But looking to our growth and looking to the opportunities worldwide, um, that might be not unrealistic that we reach this very quickly and being a home for the ones which love technology, sport, which share the passion to be competitive. Do you bet in your personal life on, on sports? <laughs> no. <laughs> really? I'm an educated, ma- I'm an educated mathematician. <laughs> Have you ever bet on professional sports? Of course, I did. And, um, what, what, what was I, your greatest hit and what was your greatest miss? I, I never bet a lot of money. So um, it's something for me, I, sometimes I want to test interfaces. I want to understand um, what works better from a usability perspective. Sometimes I simply want to see how quickly clearings are done and uh, what is the service um, on the client side. I need to understand how our clients are working with their clients to help them to optimize the things or to optimize our products. Um, for me, that is, that is the main reason. So it's the market research is, and due diligence. Yes, <laughs> that's, look, that's how you can say it. It's also a bit of passion um, to, to wager at $10 or $20. You will not hear me to, to, to tell you it was ever 5000 or something. Mm-hmm. I never bet at such amounts. Um, that's, simply, that's simply not in my nature. All right, Barr, same question to you. Greatest hit. No, I, it, it, Karsten said the exact same thing. That's my speed. I, I might go 50 in a NASCAR race. It's like, you know, I'm going to take those odds. I hit it one time when I hit a long shot in the Daytona 500. I'm trying to think it was, uh, I think it was Austin Dillon. And he won the Daytona 500. And then that's how I got the hit. The worst one, well, we won't talk about it because my <laughs> wife is listening. <laughs> but let's just say that I was out $100. And that and see, that's my speed. I, I get it, Carson. I'm with you. Yes, it. <laughs> hey, uh, Karsten, does Sport Radar create the odds, or is that left to the bookmaker? No, we are creating this, and we call it um, we call it live odds or odds service. Um, this has started as a normal quant exercise with some algorithms, looking to statistics, looking to real time data looking to what is on the suspension list, uh, what is new in there, what is the tendency of teams. That was the starting point. And then you come up with some basic algorithms. That was the early days. Then we went with the algorithms into the machine, machine learning procedures on this. And now we are, the machine learned this, and the machine begins to optimize itself. That's called artificial intelligence. So we are now on this level that we are running all our odds production around this. And you guys, you you can imagine that life is so much more data points which you need to process. You get the real-time data from the arenas. You capture this nowadays with computers and computer vision. So we get terabytes of data from every match, which we need to map. We need to make it ultra fast and then put it into the models. That's one of, um, of the really exciting applications because we predict potential match outcomes. We predict it every second. We're not predicting it pre-match. What is the final result? That's a more easy exercise nowadays. The live prediction is getting more and more important. And then the next dimension is that we do risk management and clearing for bookmakers. 
So we're getting a user ID, we're getting a stake, and we're getting match IDs or one match ID, depending if it's only one match. And then we're beginning to aggregate this, map it to the real-time data, and running simulations of risk exposure. Um, that's the reason why I laughed before with the batting and, and being a mathematician, you, you don't go on that too much. Of course, there's mathematics behind it. It's not a game of chance. It's managing risk, managing exposure. With this, you're changing your prices and lines. And that's exactly what we provide as a risk management service. In the nature, it is then Monte Carlo simulations massively, where you have the risk exposure of aggregated liquidity. And to give you a bit of flavor of the volume here, that is at the moment on a run rate level, on a yearly level of around about $20 billion which we run with this risk management. So that gets into software business and matching sport with the liability. Karsten Curl, founder and CEO of Sport Radar, called all the way from Switzerland. You get a special T-bone steak from all three of us because that, thank you, <laughs> that was really neat. We, we really do appreciate it, and I hope you enjoyed talking with us. I enjoyed it a lot. Thanks for having me, guys. And I will knock on your door with the T-bone steak next time. <laughs> pickleball. 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 <laughs> this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr along with Scarlett Fu and Mike Lynch. Catch us here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Catch me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. And I'm on Twitter at Scarlett Fu. I'm Mike Lynch. Follow me at LynchyWCBB. You're listening <laughs> to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.